Attention, everyone. This is an emergency broadcast. The unpleasant noise you are about to hear coming from your radio is not a mistake. Please do not turn on your radio, but turn up the volume on your receiver as high as it can go. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to Rock Out Loud. I'm not sure what we are the best at or the most of or the greatest or whatever, but I do know that in the Goaliverse, the Geek Out Loud podcasting network, we are the rockinest podcast, and we're here tonight to, I don't know if we're going to rock your socks off or if we're going to uh, just get everyone ready for bed. We'll see. We'll see how things go because I tell you what, it's an interesting show tonight as we uh, tackle... One of our fun little topics where we just kind of take a few songs and say, this is what they all have in common. But it's not just me doing this. You understand, I'm Steve Glosson. And though I could probably try to do something like this, it wouldn't be near as cool without the rockinest chick in the land all the way up on the East Coast sitting pretty up above Irma and the, and the destruction Irma left in her path. It's my friend. It's your friend. It's the rockinest chick in the land. Did I already say that? It's Kristen in Jersey. What's up, Kristen? Hi, everyone. You ready to rock and roll? I am ready to get rocked. Because uh, <laughs> I think my clicks are a bit more rocking than yours. I feel I, like we're going to have a bit of a uh, what's like a dichotomy tonight. That's a Is good that word. word. Yes, that's a good word. Not so much a paradox, but a dichotomy. That's a great... That is a, I, think, I, think that, I think you're right. I think you're exactly right. And um, the, the topic tonight we're going to get on are uh, is the uh, the best. I don't like to use the word best because it's not a definitive best of list. Our but favorite. These are some of our favorite final tracks on an album. And as usual, Kristen had 50. <laughs> I did. And, uh, and, and we'll talk about some of those without playing them. But we definitely have some honorable mentions we'll bring up and and talk about uh, before we get into things. Uh, Kristen, we do have an email I want to address. Um, okay. It's from uh, Mark, and uh, he's from Colorado. And, and he sat down and he kind of did a combination Geek Out Loud, Rock Out Loud email, and he sent it to Geek Out Loud. If you want to email Rock Out Loud, which we'd love to hear from you, it's rockoutloudpod at gmail.com, rockoutloudpod don't forget that pod at gmail.com. Um, he says he's written before and tweeted to us a couple of times, but he really enjoys goal and role because he closely identifies with the subject matter. I guess that's one of the reasons you do this in the first place, he says. He says, I'm just a few years older, but I'm right there with you in so much of what you speak about. Cartoons from the 80s, pop culture, music, etc. Your music podcast is a favorite of mine. In a generation when Def Leppard is all but forgotten, they have been the top of my listening preferences since way back when. Woo! I love uh, that you and Kristen explore all things rock and roll and occasionally venture outside the rock box. It makes it a very well-rounded experience. Thank you, Kristen, for introducing me to the struts. I'm loving what I hear from them. Yay! 
So I think it was a couple of podcasts back. You mentioned you want an email, so here's one. I don't know either of you, but I feel, uh, but like me, I'm sure other fans. Now he says fans. We don't have fans. We have listeners here in the Goliverse. He says, I'm sure other listeners, I'll edit for you, sir, feel a sense of kinship due to common interest in all that, like I do through the shows. Um, you've mentioned, let's see what he says here. He says, I, he says, I, he says, if it's in your heart, say it. It speaks to me and just want to let you know that makes a difference. Um, now here's where it gets a little, <clears throat> little dicey because he says this part is just for us and he hopes I won't read this on the podcast, <laughs> Oh, Steve! which means I've got to read it on the podcast, right? I mean... I, have, I mean, I'm just nosy, and I do not have a copy of it since right. it wasn't sent to the Rock Out Loud email. Right. Um, so at the very least, I need to know. Sure, sure. So this is what he says. He says, I wanted to bring up, and I hope it doesn't sound too much like stalkerish behavior. I traveled a lot for work and had been to New Jersey not long ago and just returned from a trip to Georgia. When in New Jersey, I tweeted Kristen and gave her an internet quote-unquote fan wave on Twitter since I was in her neck of the woods. I wasn't trying to be creepy, just a fan who was trying to be friendly. Again, Mark, what makes you not creepy is when you don't call yourself a fan, but you say you're a listener because we know you're cool. Anyway, I was going to give Steve a shout-out while in Georgia, but I thought it might come across, I, but I thought how it might come across, and I didn't. I think you two are great, and if I ever bump into you to rock show someday, it would make my day. It just seems like listeners might develop a feeling of closeness when listening to your shows, and I don't want to send out the wrong vibes. Thanks, guys, and rock on. So I just want to say this, Mark. Um, if you're worried that the behavior is going to seem stalkerish, then it probably won't seem stalkerish. Yeah. Because you're, 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 you're self-editing, you're uh, regulating, and that's, and that's all you got to do. There's nothing wrong with a wave on Twitter to someone just because you're in their neck of the woods. Yeah, you're aware. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like we hide that I'm in Georgia and Kristen's in Jersey. So so there you go. So it's like, it, and I will say this to everyone. If you're ever in Georgia and you're like, hey, this is where Steve's from, tweet at me or email and say, hey, I'm in Georgia. And... And that's great. It's great to know that you're thinking of me when you're there. So I would I would dare step out and say the same thing about Kristen. Now, look, I'm not saying invite me out to dinner. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying invite yourself to my home. That's when things get stalkers. You know what? I will take that back. If you want to invite me out to dinner, fine. We'll go oh to dinner gosh. in a public place. Well, you know, come on. If you're in buying. In a public place. I like that you edited it. Yeah, if you're buying, you know, come on. But you know, I would. I, I, I. That's just me. I'll take a free. I, I'm. I'll. I will. I will. Um. I will risk my safety for a free meal. Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. If you're gonna see either of us at a at out at a rock show, it's gonna be me. It's so gonna, yeah. If if you see me at a show, say hi. Yes, for sure. Like I'm probably gonna be up against the barricade. And I'll probably look like a hot mess afterwards if you tweet me and go like, hey, let's say hi after the show. So you just be aware of that. Mm -hmm. And you don't judge me for my hair growing three sizes and makeup running down my face. <laughs> Do you get but the I, I am down. I tell Jess all the time, if Jess ever goes to a show in Philly that I'm at, please tell me. Because I would love to hang out with her for a little. 
Now, so so you get the frizz going when it gets all sweaty and humid, huh? Um, sometimes, mm-hmm. sometimes it just goes flat. Like mm-hmm. if I'm at a strut show, it just goes flat because yeah. it's just doused in sweat. Sure, sure. If it's humid, it gets big. Mm-hmm. Well, there you see. And so, look, we're all human. We're all human. Or are we dancer? To quote the killers. <laughs> yes. No. <laughs> No? What's the Go right answer? It. What's the right answer? Um, so anyhow, Mark, I say all that to say thanks for thinking of us when you're in our neck of the woods and never hesitate to tweet or holler at us and let us know you're around. And uh, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. The email is rockoutloudpod at gmail.com, rockoutloudpod at gmail.com. I also hope, Mark, that we haven't lost a listener since you uh, said don't say this on the air, but I did think it was bad and we didn't react badly to it no not at all not at all i i like it like when when i've been at conventions and stuff and and i have just enough ego to say i really like it when people come up to me and say hey you're steve i'm like yes i am <laughs> i think it's That's great never happened to me but i have very little friends so <laughs> i i and i'm i'm personable like when i go out i don't really talk to people i don't go out of my way to talk to people that i don't know but if you come up to me and say hey even guys also total transparency i totally have resting bitch face so just so everybody knows i'm not mad i'm not angry that's just my face you could still come up to me you know i've been told you know in the past that i'm kind of unapproachable really yeah See, I only know you through this. Right. I need to see you outside of, like, an avatar. You know, what's funny is the first <laughs> time, you know, most people know me, whoever, who've listened to me, they know me from two places. They know me either from Starkville House of Ale mm-hmm. with, with one Derek Russell or from doing the stuff with uh, Rebel Force Radio and, and the Force Cast and whatnot. But when Derek and I first hung out, uh, way back uh, at, at Dragon Con, I was just sitting there like we were together and we'd kind of done all the greetings and everything. And, and you know, there was a lull in activity before we were headed to the next thing. And so I'm just kind of sitting there and Derek looked at me and he's like, what's wrong? I'm like, nothing. What, <laughs> what's wrong with you? He's like, you're just not talking. I'm like, there's not a microphone in front of me. We're not recording. I, there's nothing to say right now. And so I'm just, you know, that's just kind of me. Now, I'm always thinking about what's the next bit. I'm always thinking about what, you know, especially when I'm with a group of people. I'm like, now, what's the next bit? But when it just comes to just hanging and chilling, I'm very much just a chill out, let things happen as they happen, never a lot to say kind of guy, which a lot of people find weird. Yeah. Well, especially because you, like, you're the driving force of, well, obviously not Starkville and that sort of stuff, but, like, of the Goliverse, mm-hmm. you are the driving force. Yeah. So you are the one, you are the, you're the center of the Goliverse. I think it's that weird thing where, because the only time a lot of people who listen, the majority of the people, the vast majority of the people who listen to the shows, the only time they interact with me is when they're listening to the shows. And mm-hmm. to be able to listen, you've got to, I've got to talk, you know, for people to be able to listen, I've got to speak. And if we're just hanging out, if there's not much to talk about, I'm not going to dig around and find things to talk about. I'm going to be like, all right, we're chilling. That's good. You know, that's fine. In fact, I'm the happiest when the people around me understand that I ain't got much to say. (laughs) Let's just chill out. 
Well, I, Steve, you would like me then because I too am like that. Well, I am totally like me and my three friends, like the or the two girls that I always vacation with. Mm-hmm. People always laugh at us because we'll be out together and like we won't be talking, and they're like, "Are you guys fine?" And we're like, "Yeah." We, we we are just totally fine in silence as well. And sometimes I feel like some people need silence to like recharge a little bit. I'm a hundred percent that person. Yep. So yep, <laughs> I'm the same way. I'm the same. In fact, even coming home from like church and stuff, a lot of times on a Sunday night or a Sunday morning, um, I will actually take a long way home just to sit in the car in silence for a little bit even though i'm coming into a silent house but as soon as i come in the house i'm turning on the tv i'm firing up a pot or whatever the case may be you know and uh and just to and and it's like steve that's your choice to do that i get that everyone but you know sometimes the force of habit is to just grab the remote as you walk in and get the tv going well, you have to make sure that, you know, Michael Myers isn't in your house ready to kill you. And if you turn the TV on, the chances of that decrease significantly. That's right. <laughs> so if the house is quiet, it's dangerous. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, it's it's a universal truth. Okay. I, I feel like I agree with that. <laughs> but, but I don't think I could argue that. Uh, <laughs> You know what I mean? Like I totally know what you're saying, but like there's a part of me is like, you can't, you can't back that up. No, right. but if it makes you feel better, Steve, mm-hmm. and it makes me feel better, mm-hmm. lights are on, TVs are on. Well, that's I. Well, see, I'm a. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not scared to sit at home by myself. But now had the power gone off, we, we were we were lucky here um, as the tropical storm came through yesterday. And, and Irma had covered so much ground by the time it got here that it had really downgraded that where I'm at, I did not lose power at all. And I know there were almost a million people across the state of Georgia without power and still thousands tonight without power as we're recording this. But um, had the power gone out, that's when I don't know what to do with myself because it's like, okay, well, I got no lights. I got no, I can't turn on a television. I can't, uh, I got to be careful with the phone because I don't know when the power's coming back on. So I can't sit here and just play games on the phone and stuff. Right. Yeah. So, and if the power's out here, it's probably out in other places. So there's no sense in going anywhere. I would probably just go to sleep scared to death that something's going to get me. Oh, yeah. Monster check, Mon- or like, or like, it will be in the corner or something. Yeah, you know what? A tiny little clown doesn't scare me at all. I'll be like, you got a balloon animal or two up your sleeve? Come on, pal. You'll float too. You'll float. I have to see that movie. I don't have any desire to. I do. Well- <laughs> For superficial reasons, so whatever. Oh, I do. <laughs> That's fine if you don't. I do. You float too. Hmm. I don't. Can it get better than Tim Curry though, as Pennywise? Well, no. Nothing will ever be better than Tim Curry because Tim Curry is a national treasure. But have you seen the new It without makeup? Like he's kind of weirdly, strangely hot. <laughs> oh wow! No, I haven't seen him without makeup. Weirdly, strangely hot. That's what people say about me. Sinister. Hmm. This guy's kind of sinister looking. 
Yeah, I'm. I guess I'm more teddy bear looking than sinister looking. <laughs> um, so we've got a couple of things here uh, that you said if we skip these stories, you wouldn't be mad. No, I wouldn't be. It's been a slow music news week. Yeah. Um. Let me see. What is this about your boy Harry Styles? Oh, well, I posted this on our Twitter this morning mm-hmm. and, and wanted to see what people said. So um, Harry Styles took the killers were supposed to be on the live lounge yesterday, but because of the hurricanes got delayed and they're over there now because they performed their first show on their uh, British tour tonight. But in their place, Harry Styles performed and did a cover of Fleetwood Mac's The Chain. Okay. So... Yeah, I posted it. Most the reaction on our Twitter was kind of like not awful, but Fleet, it's Fleetwood Mac, so mm-hmm. it's it's you know like six out of ten was like the the rating that it was given. Best use of Fleetwood Mac ever. I has to go to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, right? Didn't see it, Steve. Okay, well you should. <laughs> you should for one thing. And for another thing, I'll just go ahead and tell you, they they play the chain. They use the chain. Oh, is that in the beginning where Groot's dancing around? No, they're, they're doing that to uh, ELO. Oh, oh okay. Um, I saw that scene. I saw all the baby Groot scenes yeah. on YouTube. The chain comes in, like, at the climactic point toward the end. Oh. And it just, and it's like, and you know me, and you know I'm not a big fan of Fleetwood Mac. Hmm. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, this totally works. This is this is fantastic. Um, the other place, well, I guess it wasn't Fleetwood Mac. It was Stevie Nicks, um, Edge of Seventeen, mm-hmm. in uh, in School of Rock, really works. Okay. There. When when uh, um, Joan Cusack is <laughs> at the restaurant or at the little bar with uh, Jack Black, and she's like, "Oh, I love this song." And he's got her drinking like big beers and trying to get her drunk so she'll let the kids go out on a field trip with him. <laughs> and, I haven't seen that movie in too long. Oh, uh, I have not seen it in a while either, but I do love it. I do think it's And great. also Joan Cusack, another national treasure, just for Adam's family values alone. Okay, have I just... Have you never seen Adam's family values? You know, I never have. Is that the one with the MC Hammer song in it? No. So the first one had the MC Hammer song. I guess. Okay. This one's the one where they go to summer camp and Joan Cusack plays the crazy nanny and goes literally on a rampage and has the great one of the greatest monologues and like comedic monologues in history of movies. She's great. She, when she does when she when she gets like flustered and everything, she plays that great. Uh-huh. I love her. I'll have to send you the scene. It's hilarious. Um the Adams groove was yeah with just the Adams family the first one okay I thought I thought that it was on the second one Mm-mm. I like the second one better yeah do you know the Adams groove no <laughs> I do not <laughs> they do what they want to do say what they want to say live how they want to live play how they want to play well that sounds pretty fantastic that yeah. sounds like mottos to live by have you got a jet flying over? I do, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, like, they are they are blazing by. 
Craig Buzz in the house. Yeah. Uh, we mentioned the Twitter at uh, at Rock Out Loud Pod on Twitter. Kristen, any any big things coming uh, from from stuff? I know you've been very active. People have been throwing out their playlists and stuff, and and you've been doing some other things, some polls and everything. Come to find out, nobody likes uh, album listening parties. Well, people like them, but not when I sent it to you. Literally, one that was the only one getting votes. Um, but I think it ended up with like fourteen percent or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the polls, like they definitely. 30, oh, wait, 11%. Okay. So it got the same amount as a Hangout episode. Um, top fives, which, yay, everybody, we're doing top fives tonight. Top fives got the most at 44%, and then Artist Focus got the next at 33%. Okay. Um, but, yeah, people are definitely giving us feedback. People definitely are interacting, which is great. I would obviously like to see more people interact. I mean, we have, like, 200 followers. Yeah, yeah. Um. But we have been getting people that like I haven't seen interact with us on Twitter before. Oh, great. Which is great. We have gotten a, a few new followers in the past week. Not a ton, but a few. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's just been really good. Like I asked in the chat when you were um, prepping some stuff earlier, I was asking, you know, how they felt about it. And people were really liking it. They don't think it's too much or anything like that. So. Good deal. In my planner, I'm writing down different things to do every every day. Well, at least Monday through Friday. Mm-hmm. Weekend is a bit of a reprieve. Okay. Awesome. Um. So we had, uh, for example, hashtag Feedback Friday. Uh, mm-hmm. Let me see if I can pull up some of these conversations. What are some topics you all would like to see covered on Roll? And... Uh, Dave Jones came in with something that I think would be fun. We talked about today. Um, the the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We'll give you more about that as we get going down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Roku Depot. Uh, Depot. It's hard to say Roku Depot. <laughs> um, he said top five rock songs from 87. Didn't we do 87 already? We did 87, mm-hmm. but it wasn't a definitive. So I don't know if they would like a definitive Mm-hmm. list where it's like these are the best songs yeah. from 87 or not yeah uh jess says uh favorite rock songs from movie soundtracks um i think that'd be good i also was thinking today um it'd be fun to do songs that were featured in maybe a tv show that we Ooh. think work great um, I feel like we'd be throwing out a lot of Smallville stuff. Well, that's really what it, that's where my thought ended up going. I'm like, it would all be Smallville for me, I think. Well, they had some great music moments, but a lot of TV shows have had really, really good ones. Mm-hmm. So I could totally get down with that. Maybe we could explain the scene that it's used in. Yes, write that down. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Make note of it, Steve. Took a lot of work to do that. Um, <laughs> I do love the playlist, and today it was Pick Me Up Songs or yes. um yesterday rather was pick me up songs and um they had stuff like mr blue sky the tiger uh <clears throat> prowler and aces uh prowler and aces high by iron maiden free will burning from judas priest uh walk of life and money for nothing from dire straits old matt mink threw that out there i gotta pre- i appreciate some dire i realize that i appreciate dire straits more than i thought i did okay well you'll like a song on the new killers record then okay um <laughs> So, so a lot of good interaction happening. That's at Rock Out Loud Pod on Twitter. If you're not following, please go ahead and give us a follow, 
and uh, and get to interacting. It's a good time over there, and, and Kristen has really uh, picked it up big time over there. Kristen, I've got a promo thing I'm going to play for Geek Out Loud, and then we're going to get into our list for this episode. Okie dokies. Here we go. Get it in we are, uh, <laughs> we have just let, grind it till you find it, as they say. Oh, are you there? Right? Yeah, Team Steve. Team um, Steve. <laughs> grind it till you find it. On a, and an automatic, by the way. <laughs> they had jumbo wings and tenders. I was hoping there would be a gate guard to sweet talk up mm -hmm. there, but it was not. We, we saw a lot of long ponytails today. Okay, we'll edit this part out. No, no we won't. I know you won't. <laughs> Don't edit it. If I am looking in the sun too long, everything gets fuzzy after that. I mean, that's everybody. falls across the land. The midnight hour is close at hand. Creatures crawl in search of blood to terrorize y'all's neighborhood. And whosoever shall be found must stand and face the hounds of hell. Oh, she's a scary child. Rot inside a corpse's shell. Shaz is convinced they were stacking bodies in this cemetery. <laughs> I mean, that's premium plot right there. I would have been like, hey, you, tell me about these jumbo wings and tenders. The announcer looks at me and uh, he says, you want to eat? I was like, what? We, we should probably go back for some jumbo wings um, and tender. Jumbo wings and tender. Jumbo wings and tender. Jumbo wings and tender. something I was not expecting. So in October, uh, on October 27th, Stranger Things 2 premieres on Netflix and leading up and that and Stranger Things has been my jam this summer. Uh, I have watched it three times and uh, gonna gonna go in for a fourth here pretty soon before we hit October and then uh, leading up to October 27th, we're gonna do eight nights of Stranger Things over on Geek Out Loud and each night we're gonna be watching through a different episode. Um, so we want to invite everyone to check it out and we're looking forward to it. And then that'll, like I say, culminate with the, with the premiere on Netflix on October 27th of Stranger Things 2, which I'm sure the follow-up episode the following week of Goal will be all about that. So it's a great way to get into the Halloween uh, spirit and season. Uh, it's, I think it's a great show. It's a fun show. And uh, in conjunction with that, we'll be releasing our Stranger Things Expedition episode where Shaz Bazaar from Techno Retro Dad, Steve Bennett, uh, 
guardian of the Gulliverse, and myself drove around North Georgia to different shooting locations, took some pictures, and uh, of course we documented the whole thing. And we'll have some blog posts over at geekoutonline.com to go along with that. So keep an eye out and uh, watch the Twitter and uh, the Gulliverse Twitter, and we'll let you know when those things are available. But especially as we get into October, we hope you'll join us live uh, to watch together Stranger Things on Netflix. So that's coming up on Geek Out Loud. Um, Kristen, the last out, al- the last song on an album mm-hmm. is "Fraught with Peril." It is um, because you 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 have two choices. I feel like I don't think you can go middle of the road. I think you've got to either end big, yep, or end uh, low key, kind of soft, with more the feeling in that emotional range of softness, as it were. Hundred percent. Like it's either that like sending you off, mm-hmm. just like just like subtly, you know, you're you're um you know, floating away like a ghost. Or you're literally just being kicked in the tush <clears throat> right. and punched in the face <laughs> at the same time, somehow by the same person. Yeah. As if I dare you to I dare you to start the record over. Exactly. Sense mm-hmm. or to be like like there are a few songs on my list that when I get to the end of them, I'm like, yeah, no, we're going back and listening to that one again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it, it's it's not. It has a whole different job to do than the first song on the record. The first song on the record really has to bring you in and mm-hmm. keep you listening. The last song has to make you want more. I think in some instances, and and almost culminate. In, in some in some cases, you know, especially like a band's first album, let's say, it's almost like it has to make you want more from a marketing standpoint. You know, not from I'm talking marketing, not artistic. From an artistic standpoint, I feel like it has to satisfy you and make you satisfied with the overall experience, yet still want more from an artistic standpoint as well. It has to just like it has to be just enough to like um like wet the palate where mm-hmm. you're like yeah like I'm, I'm good and like i'm i'm satisfied but like i could still have more exactly and it, then you go find all the b-sides and all that sort of stuff well and then there's the whole idea of you know in some in in the rock world especially when you start to hear rumors of this band having issues or that band having issues you know these people had a big fight they didn't show up for this concert and you're listening to the album it could be the last song you ever hear recorded by them. Yeah, kind of like my first pick, although it wasn't their last album. Right. But, yes. But definitely could have been. <laughs> oh, God. Any moment could have been the last. Well, before we get into that, let's talk about, I, I hate to say the word honorable mention since it's not an official top five kind of situation, um, but but kind of honorable mentions, things that you had to leave off and, and even things that I sadly had to leave off um of our list and and i don't want to uh ruin a surprise but for you and and it's just for you uh and i don't want to do that by talking about this but let's uh let's start matchbox 20 was a group that i really struggled with leaving off my list i did not put any matchbox 20 on my list um even though i love hang so much Mm -hmm. and uh was hang your only choice well no Okay. But see, you also had here uh, Sleeping at the Wheel, uh-huh. which is another great one. Um, mm-hmm. So Sad, So Lonely. 
which is another great i mean like it's honestly they have some great last songs they do i mean we like we waxed poetic about matchbox 20 yeah. and how many last songs they have that are great on mm-hmm. our matchbox show i remember saying i think we had all of them except one mm-hmm Yes, exactly. And so, and, and that was kind of one of the reasons I left them off here because I know we've talked about them before and, and to try to make some room for some other stuff. But, uh, man, those are, if you want, sincerely, if you want to, if you want to hear how an album should end, just about any of, of Matchbox's albums are great to kind of get that last song. Now, to end on the soft side of things, mostly. Yes. Um, Except So Sad, So Lonely. Right. Uh, Avenge Sevenfold, you put Acid Rain. Oh. Oh, it hurts so hard to not put that on my list. It's I don't think people realize when we're making these lists sometimes, especially if we're really into them, um, knowing that we're just going to do like five songs apiece, mm-hmm. it, you do feel like you're betraying a loved one. You do. By not and like, spotlighting them. Especially with like Acid Rain, like it comes off Hail to the King, mm-hmm. and it the song that comes before it is about like pl- a planet literally crashing into Earth, mm-hmm. and what happens when that occurs. And Acid Rain is like it goes right into Acid Rain seamlessly, and like the lyrics of like you know there's no death, no end of time when I'm facing it with you, like it is it is a beautiful love song that is still like a hard rock fan's dream. Yeah. Like not even stars last forever cleanse us acid rain. Like oh it hurts so bad and I and they played that when I saw them last time and I almost cried cuz I didn't think they were going to play it. <laughs> and that's and it, did you say out loud that's the one you want at your wedding? Yes. I said <laughs> if I ever get married like play that song at my wedding. Just want to make sure cuz it's all in caps here. And it's I want to make so sure everyone good. hears it. Yeah. Yeah. Listen to it everyone. <laughs> um All American Rejects the last song. Yeah. Like I said, we were talking, like, it's so on the nose. Mm -hmm. But, like, the whole thing with the last song is, it's like, this may be the last thing that I write for long. Can you hear me smiling when I sing the song for you, only you? And then, like, at the end, like, it kicks up. Like, it gets kind of slow, and you're like, okay. Like, it it has the driving rhythm guitar, and then it kind of slows down. And then it has this violin buildup, and it's like, dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. And uh, it's so good. And um, then they kick into the chorus one last time, and and it just is amazing. And they, when I was seeing them, at least I haven't seen them in a long time, but they used to close their shows with that. And like the crowd couldn't get enough of it. It was so great. Um, I left off for several reasons. uh, One of which, one being because, you know, I found some better songs, but two, (laughs) because I know you had a bad experience with them recently. Um, Raining in Baltimore by Counting Crows off of August and everything after. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I, uh, Counting Crows have done several albums. August and everything after is their big, big one that, you know, really they broke with and all. Uh, and I don't know that they've gotten better than that as the years have gone on. Um, that is such a great album and it's a really great last song. It just fits with everything else that's been on the album. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it just has that, uh, if you want melancholy feeling, if you just want to feel like, you know, nothing's great, you just <laughs> <laughs> uh, hit that Count and Crows August and everything after up. But it, there's some great songs on that, and I, I like Raining in Baltimore. Um, I also left off some Def Leppard. 
which Ooh. which uh, a couple of last tracks may surprise you. Um, I love their cover of "Stay with Me" off of Yeah. Yes, I do too. And um, and I think they do it so well. And that's a that's just a cool little rocking song anyway. Uh, even with Rod Stewart doing it, but they do such a good job with it, and I was like, oh, I love this song so much. But uh, and the other one is is one off of their self titled album, Blind Faith, Ooh. which you know we talked about. You know the first time we we listened to it to the album listening party, and and to me, what makes that song so perfect is, especially if you've listened through the whole album, um, you're just kind of listening, and you're like, you know, you can definitely hear the age, you can hear. Uh, you you can hear the uh, you know that they're just not what they used to be. Even though it's great, it's a great album. I want to be careful because I'm not trying to be critical. <laughs> but you know the vocals just aren't everything that we've all you know that we knew from way back in the day. And then as you're listening to that song, um, and uh, Joe Elliott just hits that note. It's like oh, it just brings you back. Yep. Yeah, it's just, I remember when that happened, when mm -hmm. we were listening to that, because that show, for anyone that didn't listen to it, Steve and I didn't listen to the album at all before coming on and recording. Yes. So when that happened, I think we were both like freaking out mm -hmm. after when, like, after that was played. We were like, what was that? Ah! Yeah, it's great. So, um, but again, because we've talked about it, I, I didn't put it on there, even though it's, it's a great last track and you know as we i think we talked about even on that episode if this is if that's the last album they ever make it's a great song to go out on too like if you're listening through their discography and that it's just a really really great encapsulating song i think for them you had uh bamboo bones by against me on your honorables uh, i like i rock out to that song so hard and it's such a powerful song because that that record that Bamboo Bones ends on was the record before Lara Jane Grace came out as transgender. And the chorus of the song is like, what God couldn't give to you, you have to go and get for yourself. And it's just, it's such like a song that it like, if you're ever down, like talk about pick me up songs, like listen to Bamboo Bones. And again, another song, like I didn't start singing Against Me Live until a few years ago. Because they never were really my thing in that, like, they never toured with bands that I was super into. So I was like, eh, no, like, I'm fine. Um, and they were always an opener for the most part. And I saw them at Asbury Park for a free show. And I'm front row, and do they not pull this song out? I, like, lost my mind. I was like, I hope someone filmed this! Because I need to relive it again and again and again and again and again. I got lost in the chat. I was listening to every word you said. Did, I, my question <laughs> sure, is... Sure. No, to prove, did you ever find out if anyone filmed it? Oh, yeah, they did. Okay, <laughs> see? Uh, you also had uh, Here Comes a Regular by The Replacements. You want to talk about getting your heart ripped out, guys? That song literally kills me. And I am not a fan of The Replacements at all. That song is a perfect song, and it's so melancholy, and it's so, like, that song is a rainy day song. Like, that is a rainy day personified. And fun fact, I was introduced to that song through a TV show, 
Oh. And threw a particular scene on a TV show. And amazing. And when I saw that that closed out their record, I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I have to put this on there. And then I started sifting through stuff. I'm like, but I can't leave this off. And I can't leave this off. So, yeah, I, I can't recommend listening or checking out Here Comes a Regular by The Replacements more than just do it, please. Difference between Steve and Kristen is I would tell you the TV show and the scene. Okay, <laughs> well, fine. But it, it contains a spoiler. Not that I think anyone oh, cares. Oh, well, what's the TV show first? One Tree Hill. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Spoil that mess. <laughs> okay. So, um, on One Tree Hill, there's a character named Peyton who literally everyone that's ever watched One Tree Hill is always like, Kristen, you're like Peyton. Um, so, she meets her mom who gave her up for adoption. And Peyton is super into music, has a record room, like a room that's literally walls of records. And she meets her mom and her mom is super into music. And that's how they reconnect. And the power, funny enough, the power enough, the power goes out in, um, in Tree Hill and she's talking to her mom and her mom says the happiest moment of her life is when she went to this concert, this festival and the power went out at the festival. And she's like, I don't understand. Like, why is that a happy moment? And she's like, well, because in the midst of all that, Paul Westerberg came out on stage, lit a candle with an acoustic guitar and played here comes a regular in Mm. like the downpour and the way she explains it, like the guy that writes One Tree Hill is super into music right. and you could tell that he is. And then the mother says like 40,000 people fell silent to hear that one guitar and that one voice. And then eventually in that same episode, her mother dies because she has cancer. Oh, great. Of course. Yeah. Um, so her mom dies and Peyton brings her mother's ashes to the field where the festival happened since she said that that was the happiest mm. moment of her life. Wow. Yeah. Now... Not to undercut the powerful emotion of that scene or the show or or your feelings on it. Don't you hate it when people are like, you should like this because you're so much like this person. Well, the thing is, is like, it wasn't like, it wasn't like that. Like, I watched One Tree Hill from like the first episode and I never liked Peyton. Right. But now since it's been like off the air for so long, when people start to rewatch it, I think just because she's so passionate about music. Mm -hmm. And like, she like she's so into it, and I relate to that part of Peyton, but I don't really relate to her character. But I mean, there are worse things that people could say remind me them of me. I so guess, sure. <laughs> well, I used to have people when the OC was a thing. People were like, oh, you'd love the OC. The main character's just like you. I don't think Seth is and, like you. Well, and because he like he was in the comics and stuff like that. Yeah. And so. He was on that one episode of Smallville in the first season. I'm like, I can't get past the way the guy talks. Oh, I love Adam Brody, though. I love him he, so much. He was perpetually talking like he had something in his throat. He's like, oh, Chloe, I just, uh, I really it was just, you were the only one that got me through my whole time. <laughs> He's always for Clemped. Exactly. Not a fan. <laughs> Not a fan. And um, if there's one thing this show has done in my life it has it's made me a fan i will say it a fan of bruce springsteen Mm -hmm. now what's weird is i hear people every now and again on other podcasts kind of make little digs at the boss you know um there's one podcast that's really fond of taking a lyric that he that he says you know there's something about you know 
this, that, or the other. And he's like, yeah, everyone likes that. What are you talking about? He's like, that's so deep. You you like what everyone else likes. And I'm just like, come on, man. You're not you're not appreciating what the boss is doing. But I also, <laughs> I also feel like I don't have the right to kind of step up and defend him, you know? Like, I'm not there yet to where uh-huh. I can. But um, in doing and getting ready for this show, one of the things that that I've come to love, and it's probably because I saw it live uh, at the river, um, is uh, Highway, uh, Wreck on the Highway. Ooh. Um, it's such a it's a it's a weird thing to me because it's such a strange. It's just a story, you know, and but there's such a sadness to it and such a weight to the whole song, and it's just kind of like, all right, this is how I'm going to end with it here. This we came on a wreck on the highway, and I'm like, ugh, that's pretty. I like it. I like it a lot. I like the way it makes me feel. You uh, do like that song. Uh, we, that's not one of my faves, but I love sure. how much Steve loves that song because of the story <laughs> in, in, in the song. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you also, of course, had some Bruce stuff that oh, you had yeah. to leave out. Darkness on the Edge of Town. I mean, we've talked about it sure. on Bruce shows before. Both of my songs that mm-hmm. I left off, yeah. you know, we've talked about before. It, it Very much in depth. But Darkness on the Edge of Town is one of my top five Springsteen songs ever. And just like how it ends, like tonight I'll be on that hill because I can't stop. I'll be on that hill with everything that I've got. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I'll pay, uh, like just like I'll pay the cost for wanting things that can only be found in the darkness on the edge of town. Get out of my face! Like it is so powerful, but it will literally make me cry. <laughs> yeah. Well. And so it was sad to have to leave Bruce off, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Um. But here's the ones we've got. And we're going to hit right up, right out of the gate. Um, I I can't wait to hear you defend this. This is um, Oasis with Champagne Supernova. Kristen? I am ready to fight you. Defend? <laughs> I don't need to defend anything about this song. This song is perfect. 
perfection. Let's let's talk about the British inability to end a one word and start the next word with a vowel. What does that even mean? Well, well, I'll show you. Listen. Supernova in the sky. But They're then from Manchester, Steve. They but, basically speak a different language there anyway. But, have you ever heard them actually speak? No, I have not. Oh my god. Well, they're pretty hard to understand. But when uh, he just says Sam when he just goes the champagne supernova and he holds it out, he doesn't do that he doesn't tack on that R. But when he moves from Nova in, he goes Nova. Nova in the sky. They're northern. Let them live. That is that your only criticism of this song? Is that all you got? Uh, you know what? Here's my here's my deal. I don't. Dis- I know you don't like Oasis. I don't like Oasis that much, but also, I. Uh, you want this is one of those very overplayed songs to me that I could not get away from when it was when it when it hit and um yeah you know my my best memory of this song is 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 singing like him and going champagne supernova in the sky and uh and just being a doofus with it but yeah it just kind of it's one of those things i hate to use the term played out but it did get that way with me and so i was kind of like on in that train of if i don't ever hear it again i'll be okay well here's the thing with oasis in the 90s oasis was one of the biggest bands sure like they were mad yes so songs like this were getting a ridiculous amount of airplay and Mm -hmm. their songs just in general but like to me like i tried to pick songs that that were on albums that were just like this song is the perfect ending for this album and what's the story morning glory is a perfect album Mm -hmm. like absolutely perfect and i love how this song like Because think about it, like, in the 90s, what do you immediately think of in terms of music? You think about grunge, and you probably think about pop and, like, dance music. And then comes this band from the UK that are like, no, we're gonna do three-minute guitar solos. We, like, this is what inspired us. We're gonna solo, we're gonna do these, like, crazy, huge, larger-than-life anthemic songs. In a time where anthemic songs were, like, the devil like no you don't do anthemic songs you don't write anthems and oasis blows up to be this huge massive thing because people are like they were starved for that and oh i just like i like i will admit i am super super hard on the oasis thing lately like i am so into them they are like my new jam digging 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 all the oasis stuff and like watching documentaries and just learning more about them because I didn't know mm-hmm. a lot. I knew like what what is common interest, like common knowledge. Like I knew the two brothers hated one another, all that sort of stuff. And now I'm like on team, I'm on, you know, team Liam and the whole thing. Like it's crazy. <laughs> and like, it's like a soap opera, but yeah, champion supernova, you can't, or supernova. Um, <laughs> You you can't deny it. And, like, Liam's vocals, like, paired with that guitar and paired with the sound of the rain, like, it just, talking about sending you off into, like, a nice relaxing kind of state, I mean, aside from the guitar solo, but this mm. is a definite, this is my most mellow song that I have picked tonight. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, it's uh, look, I, I'm not criticizing you, and I'm sure you'll have some critique for some of mine. So, oh, um, bring it! Yeah. I, every single time you introduce a song, if I don't agree, I'm like, I can't wait to hear you defend this, Steve. That's fine. That's fine. Well, uh, this is probably going to be. Well, no, I don't know if this is the most rocking song I have on my list. It's one of the. It's up there though. Um, this is, uh, and I'll give you a moment. I, I will. I will not play it until. Until I don't hear you say, defend this one. <laughs> this is uh, rock and roll ain't noise pollution from Back in Black. Oh, God. Oh, oh there it is. So, here's the thing with this song. I I dig it as a final track on this album because it was Brian Johnson's first, really, you know, his outing with ACDC, his first album getting put out there with them that he co-wrote and worked on with them and everything. And to me, it's just this great kind of, look, quit hating on rock and roll, everybody. You've You've just enjoyed a whole album full of it. And to everyone else who would complain and gripe, this is our message to you. Rock and roll ain't noise pollution. So shut your mouth and go away. I would like you to explain to me how this song is not overplayed. <laughs> that was your criticism of my pick. Well, that was one of my crit. That was that was like the thing. And two, look, I will look, okay. Number one, you said it before I could say it. I'm not a big fan of Oasis. All right, so I had to tack on there. Yeah, and it got a little overplayed back in the day. Also, the mid '90s for me, uh, anything that a lot of times brings some of that stuff up. There's very few groups from circa 1990, late '95 to 1990, early '99 uh, albums and songs that really I I feel good about at all. Um, like the Goo Goo Dolls. Oh my gosh! Yeah, like the Goo Goo Dolls. They're so great. <laughs> or were. Were so great. <laughs> yeah. Again. Um, so, <laughs> you know, and that's just me. And that's and that's my own little prejudice I have to work out. 
with this, I look the the criteria that I was going with was: does it encapsulate the album? Does it uh, does it send you off in a good way? And uh, so, yeah, that's that's where I come down on this. I think it's a great end cap to uh, Back in Black. I I agree. I mean, you start with Hell's Bells. You get, look, all of ACDC's stuff that that were hits is overplayed. There's no, you know that I, that's an uh, you know what? Let me rescind what I said. That's an unfair criticism of a song. To say that it's overplayed is not reason to criticize the song. <laughs> and I should not have gone down that road. I should have just stuck with you're exactly right, Chris. And I don't really care for Oasis, especially you, Mister Hit Lover. That's right. <laughs> There's some hits that I don't feel like get enough play. So. Can I just say, guys, if if Steve doesn't pick Rocket Queen, I am going to be shocked. Oh. And I will also be kind of annoyed because that means I left it off my list for nothing. Well, you... That is the one song off Appetite for Destruction that you will not show love to, and it's the best song on the record. You know what I didn't do? I didn't put any Guns N' Roses. Yeah. Well, I mean, they only have two albums worth anything. Right? Oh, wow. There's, see, there that is. <laughs> There's that hot take that makes people not like me. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kristen's hot take. <laughs> oh, God. Her hot take on Guns N' Roses. They're they're kind of a one-album wonder is what they are to her. They mm. are. Mm. That's fine. You know what? That's fine. I'm not going to... Look, I'm not going to sit in the seat of defense for Guns N' Roses. I can't do that. Um, I just know that I dig all their hits. I just realized that I'm going to have to defend a lot of my picks tonight. No, I don't, don't think like, so. You don't like the next band. Now, that's not true. Not You don't really like them. I don't like them as much as you do. But I don't I don't have I don't have the bad taste in my mouth about them that I do like Oasis. Okay. This is just a group that I don't choose to put on and listen to all the time, but it does. But I have no animus toward them whatsoever, at all. So don't be don't be misrepresenting your co-host. <laughs> We're talking about the Doors, and this is the aptly named the end. This is the end, beautiful friend. This is the end, my only 
So hypnotizing. It is, right? Yeah. I mean, it's the doors. Right. It has to be. Sure. Can I just say, picking a door song was so hard. Why? Because I could have went with the end, which I did. Mm-hmm. I could have went with Riders of the Storm, mm. and I could have went with When the Music's Over. And I also could have went with 5 to 1, but we already talked about 5 to 1 before. And I kind of think we've talked about When the Music's Over before, too. But, dang, those are just good. <laughs> <laughs> Riders and, in the storm. I mean, the band knew how to close a record. Yeah. But when I think of the doors, like, you think of the first record and, like, so iconic, like, Break On Through, Soul Kitchen, Crystal Ship, Light My Fire, Backdoor Man, like, huge, like, iconic songs in their catalog. And then you have the end. Mm-hmm. This 11-minute epic that Jim Morrison probably was like gone for most of it. Like I'm totally convinced that some of that he was just totally like just riffing mm-hmm. in the studio. But ugh. like, I just love like the killer awoke before dawn. He put his boots on like that whole part. Oh, it's, it's very much a, a, a slow jam session Yes, that, that builds and it ebbs and flows throughout the whole the whole piece and it is it's that hypnotic door sound they've got going and um it's a it's a it's a song that if i put this album on and like went to sleep while it was playing and i woke up in a dark room while that was going i'd be like okay now i'm scared (laughs) well that's the thing like that's what initially kind of drew me to the doors because again another band that i didn't get into until i was a lot older um and i liked how creepy their music was Mm -hmm. like that organ adds like such an ominous feel to all of their songs. Yes. And like when I was in college, I had to do a light show. I had to completely program a light show. Oh, and I almost went with not to touch the earth by the doors because I'm convinced that not to touch the earth is literally what it feels like to go insane. So I thought that would be super cool. But I ended up going with Animal Magnetism by the Scorpions. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Two different two different spectrum two different sides of the spectrum there. Oh, a hundred and fifty percent. Because I mean, if you've heard Animal Magnetism, you could imagine what my stage looked like. I went with a very specific aesthetic. 
Were you lighting it up? Well, obviously, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like a specific place, like a specific establishment. Mm-hmm. There are children that listen to this podcast. Uh, I, I don't. Right. I don't want to be responsible for having a sure. parent have, have to be to like, "What's that?" I'm with you. I'm with <laughs> you, and I appreciate that. Um, every now and again, I get ready for Kristen to absolutely hate on me. Oh, am I gonna pull out my? How are you gonna defend this, Steve? Oh, you're gonna pull out more than that. <laughs> oh God. Um. So much so that like I almost left this off. I almost said I I don't want to take the criticism. But this is someone we've never really talked about, and I don't know that it, he's actually rock, rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Um, but he has been very influential in rock and roll, and uh, to a lot of people. And uh, in fact, one of your favorite bands, I believe they covered this song. Um, this is uh, this is Dylan. I knew it. Yeah. As soon as you said my favorite, I'm like, yep, know it. This is Desolation Row. If I can get it to play. Here we go. They're selling postcards of the hanging. They're painting the passports brown. The beauty parlor is filled with sailors The circus is in town Here comes the blind commissioner They've got him in a trance One hand is tied to the tightrope walker The other is in his pants And the riot squad They're restless They need somewhere to go As Lady and I Look out tonight From Desolation Road Cinderella She seems so easy It takes one to know one She smiles And puts her hands in her back pocket Betty Davis style And in comes Romeo, he's moaning You belong to me, I believe And someone says you're in the wrong place, my friend You'd better leave And the only sound that's left after the ambulance is so Dylan to me is always um, he, he skirts that line of being genius or just trying to put something out there that makes no sense that sounds artistic <laughs> when it comes when it comes to lyrics and stuff okay um, but I mean yeah and and you know people make fun of us but I've even been known to do the you know the hey you know that kind of thing which I can't do it right now um, hold on hey there it is uh, I've I've been known to do the Dylan impersonations and stuff like that, but um, when when I got turned on to Bob Dylan, uh, it was one of, he's one of those people I just couldn't stop listening to, and Highway sixty one revisited is an album that's just full of just great 
classic Bob Dylan, like a Rolling Stone, Tombstone Blues, Takes a Lot to Laugh, Takes a Train to Cry, uh, uh, Ballad of a Thin Man. But Desolation Row is that song that it's just, it's one of those 11-minute epics like you like. Um, and it's just this whole thing that goes on and, and you just, even if you can't figure out what he's singing about, and, and a lot of people can't. You just uh, you just can't help but feel it. I, I really do think that. I think that's kind of the magic of Bob Dylan for me is there's a lot of times I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about, man, but I dig your groove. I feel it. I it feel it. It jams. Well, it doesn't really jam, but I just do feel it. You know, I feel that, it, you know, from when he's doing the blues type stuff to when he's doing the folksy type stuff to this, it's just, it's, I, I dig it. And I think it's a great, I think this is a great last song to, to what is a, a really good Dylan album. And what you may think of a Dylan album, you know, being really good could could vary from person to person. Well, so. he has so much different stuff. Yeah. So for sure. Um, I mean, I obviously sure. love, love the My Chemical Romance version of this song. Of course you do. But it is 180 completely different take on the song. Too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and, and a lot of people cover a lot of his stuff. And, and we've talked about the Beatles before how neither one of us that's that's kind of some of our common ground chris and i have a lot of common ground and one of our common ground things is we don't appreciate the beatles the way that everyone else does i think appreciate is the wrong word because <laughs> we will get haters steve we don't love the beatles like everyone else okay does. we don't love the beatles like everyone else does and we don't appreciate that's what people are like you don't even appreciate like no not to the extent that some people do i'm sorry but what I do appreciate is that a lot of times when people do Beatles covers, they end up being better than the originals. Yes. And and I find that's kind of true with some of Dylan's stuff that people cover as well. Is uh is, is there's been uh, there's several covers of his out there that I didn't realize were Dylan songs, and I'm like, good lord, what is this all about? Well, that's a testament to the songs too and the right. lyrics. Yeah. So. So it's like you could if the song. I'm a believer that if the song is there, like it's going like anyone can do good things with it. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, you know, people talk about Bruce and Bob Dylan all the time, but like me and my dad say all the time, Bruce is the king of making a great song and then turning it and making it awful. Uh, the acoustic versions of Born in the USA and Counting on a Miracle, mm-hmm. anyone, anyone, awful. <laughs> um, I'm glad you got some Bowie on here. I had to, and again... It was hard to pick one sure, to do, sure. but I went with one that we haven't talked about. At least I don't. I think no, well, we've no. not talked about this at all. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, this is from Aladdin Sane. It's Lady Grinning Soul.
I mean, come on. It's beautiful. Oh, it's glorious. It is beautiful. That piano. Yes. Yes. I love how, like, again, like, I, I think, I feel like I talk about, like, sparseness in songs a lot of time and how much I appreciate that when, like, it's right. But, like, if you look at the record that this comes off of Aladdin Sane, like, this is the record after the rise and fall of Ziggy Stardust and Spiders from Mars. Mm-hmm. So this song, like, it fits with this record, and it also fits to kind of see where, where he was going to go with, like, the Thin White Duke era and all that. But this song, I feel like, just showcases, like, the talent and the vision of David Bowie. Well, and ju- I, I've said all the time, too, like, if if I'm in a movie and, like, oh, you walk into a room and everyone turns and it's all eyes on you, what song is playing? Hmm. It's this one. <laughs> well, what I dig is the composition of the song. You mentioned the piano, and and the piano is doing these things that you know it's it's being played in almost a very classical way with all the runs and stuff, and uh, and then when you throw in everything else on top of that, and it just continues to do its thing, it's just it's great, and it and it's a very theatrical ending, yeah, it, fitting David Bowie. Hundred um, percent to to this album and uh, yeah, it's a great song, great pick there. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it makes me ashamed. I can't believe I've never talked about that song before because I'm yeah. obsessed with it. It's a look. It's a great song. Well, I mean, you know, we haven't really revisited Bowie since we did our Bowie episode after his passing. Mm. It was a good episode though. That episode yeah. made people cry. I know yeah. firsthand. Yeah. What well, made you cry? I know, but I'm saying people other than me. Oh, well, good. Good. <laughs> that's all you. Um, makes me ashamed of my next pick, but that's fine. I'm, I'm always ashamed of my picks. I was going to say, that's like the regular on this show. Yeah. You're either ashamed or you think you did it wrong. Yeah. Um, I mentioned last week this group that I really dig called the Dirty Governors. I've talked about them here and there on the show before. They're kind of a southern rock uh, group. They they're not really together anymore. They I think they did a quick reunion show the a couple of weeks back somewhere. But oh, um wow. yeah, but uh, I I dig their I dig their music because you you it never really there's not a lot of it that jams, but there's a lot of it that I feel. And uh, this is off their album Somewhere Beneath These Southern Skies. It's called One Dance Left, and um, it's kind of like well. Just... Second star 
It's it's that kind of slow down song after what has been what's actually a pretty good album, and it's it's that song about you know what I never took my shot I did take my shot I took my shot somewhere different I was going to do this but I just couldn't get the courage up to there's one dance left and now it's now or never kind of thing, and uh, if you've ever been the dude who's pining for the girl you know how that feels it's like oh if there was just one more dance left I could definitely see that being played at the end of a movie. <laughs> it has that vibe yeah yeah well yeah it does it does a lot of their songs have kind of a movie vibe to them um okay. but yeah this definitely does have that that feel of the end of the movie like the dude finally does take a shot uh-huh. and and go into it so um i i do if you like southern rock for those of that are listening if you like southern rock um i i would suggest checking out the dirty governors um you know because they're like i say they skew sometimes they skew a little too close to country like with that steel guitar opening up on this song and everything but um but by and large they're more they're, they're more or less southern rock stuff uh the, i was introduced to him by a friend who we had completely different tastes in music and we love we got along great and we were always hanging out and um we were going somewhere one time and uh and she's like, look, before you start playing all your stuff, let me just show you this one group that I really dig. I think you'll like them. And we may have found the play, our point of agreement. And she played, she popped in Dirty Governors. And uh, she plugged in her iPod and put in, in, in Dirty Governors. And I'm like, I do dig these guys. She's like, thank God. <laughs> and thank it was, God. And it was the whole idea of, well, because I always like to rock too much. And she was much more acoustic, kind of into that kind of stuff, you know. And 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 they just kind of hit that sweet middle ground where they do rock out a little bit and they do jam, but at the same time, they they do have kind of that indie rock feel about them a little bit. So, singer songwriter stuff. Yeah, for sure. Stuff. I yeah. I dig it though, yeah. and I can definitely see how you said last week when we were talking about Kaleo, how they how you get like a Kaleo vibe, yes. how you get a yeah. dirty, dirty governor's vibe from Kaleo, right. I do, yeah, especially on some of their their stuff later on in that album. So, um, I'm glad we brought the Killers into this. Yeah, and I didn't know which one to include mm-hmm. because the the main song goes into, and it's only like a minute and thirty second song at the end. But the minute and thirty second song at the end is definitely great. So you definitely have to play that even mm-hmm. after you fade out. Well, here's here's what I here's what I thought I'd do. I thought I'd start about. Um, do you want to start from the beginning of why oh, do no, I keep you, counting? You could totally go into the end yeah, of why I was, do I keep counting. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna start about a minute out from from the end of why do I keep counting? Love it. And then and then roll into it. So this is why do I keep counting going into exit lude on uh, this is off of Samstown.
aggressively. We all defend the role we play. Regrettably, times come to send you on your way. We've seen it all: bonfires of trust, flash floods of pain. It doesn't really matter, don't you worry, it'll all work out. No, it doesn't even matter, don't you worry, that ain't what it's all about. We hope you enjoy your stay. It's good to have you with us, even if it's just for the day. I mean that's that's a flat out see you later song on the end of a, <laughs> on the end of an album. Hundred percent. Yeah. Now, but I mean, with Sam's Town, you you have the first song on the record is Sam's Town, mm-hmm. and then it goes into Enterlude, and Enterlude is very similar lyrics, mm-hmm. except instead of "We hope you enjoyed your stay," it's "We hope you enjoy your stay." Right. And then you go into the meat of the record and. Yeah, I love how this caps it off. Yeah. Now, um, is it fair to say that Brandon Flowers is doing his impersonation of Bob Dylan at the beginning? Aggressively, <laughs> we all defend the role we play. Regrettably. Regrettably. <laughs> I mean, I don't know that he's thinking like that. But... No, but he's kind of doing, he's doing that Dylan vocal thing that Dylan did back in the day. Well, this is the record that got like it was okay so like you guys know i went to see the killers in las vegas last yes. year for yep. the 10 year anniversary of this album mm-hmm. and this record got panned when it came out because brandon said he's like we wanted to make the the best rock and roll record of the last 20 years mm. and you know really took you know springsteen and dylan and americana rock like really took that to heart and all throughout the casino they had all the reviews, like all the awful reviews that were written about this album with quotes. And then really? underneath it would it would just say Samstown Decennial Extravaganza, September thirtieth, October first, Samstown Hotel Casino. That's great. So like it w- that was just amazing. It was like a big F U mm-hmm. and um like I absolutely like when they played it, because they played it in order, um when I saw them last year and going into like from why do I keep counting into exit loot and just hearing the crowd, because obviously the crowd is going insane. Right. And then at the end of the song, like, like where it's like the piano, it's just the piano. Like the whole crowd just goes into la da 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 da. And like the whole crowd is doing that. That's great. And then you do your whole gang vocal at the end where it's like, it's good to have you with us. It was killer. And, I mean, on the room keys that we got, because me and Angie stayed at the at Samstown Casino, on the room keys that you got, on the back of them, when you flipped it over, it said, we hope you enjoy your stay. It's good to have you with us, even if it's just for the day. Nice. It was so great. 
No, I love cool stuff like that. Um, yeah, it's but look, I, you know, it's not. I don't. It's fun. Like that's what I think. That's what I like about the killers is, is you know, in Brandon Flowers in particular, is they all seem like they're having fun sometimes. Yes. When you're listening, and and I appreciate that. I appreciate that out of any of the any of the music I listen to, and that was one of the things when I saw, for for example, Bruce Springsteen when I saw him live, like, you know, the the joy that he gets from performing. He just is enjoying himself up there. Mm-hmm. And it just, you know, and, and that's what I told you. It's so funny to me that someone who is as cool as he is can smile as much as he does. Because he we like could constantly smile. Yeah. 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 And so I just, uh, uh, and, and something like this exit lewd, you know, it's like, well, we're just having a little fun here with you. And I appreciate it a whole lot. A lot, a lot. I can't wait for the new Killers record, guys, later this month. Ten days! Ten days until Wonderful Wonderful. Ten days and counting. Dying. Um, I got a little Foo Fighters up in this joint. Okay. This is from Wasting Life. It's uh, Wasting Light. Uh, it's Walk. signal in the distance to whom it may concern I think I lost my way getting good at starting over every time that I I just dig this song and I dig Dave Grohl I do dig the Foo Fighters I think I, I always forget how much I like them until I start listening to them <laughs> you know and um, and this is a good this is a good ending to now because it does it's kind of got that you know soft open and it goes hard and then of course they do the typical you know really hard and then they bring it back down at the end it's a it's a good cap off to to an album I was um I went down a Foo Fighters rabbit hole the night before last or last night or something on on the old YouTubes. Okay. And um, was just watching some stuff about Grohl and and stuff that, like, it's one of those things It's like I knew it, but I think I'd forgotten it, you know? And, like, what he did with the first Foo Fighters album, it's basically all him. And and he had to, uh, <laughs> he had to basically put, the ba- put a band together to go uh, tour that first album and um and then when you know and then going through the the drummers and everything and how he made the one dude on the next album do like 13 hours worth of takes to try to get something right until finally just said i got this (laughs) and he sat down to do it and um 
until you know he finally found Taylor Hawkins to sit in and he someone that he trusts enough and, and, and respects enough to kind of do what he used to do with Nirvana and then he's out there you know the front man with the guitar and everything just a super talented guy that um, you know I think he's kind of uh, out of all that crowd from from the 90s of that were in that grunge scene and everything he and and really to an extent even Eddie Vedder have kind of just kind of stood out as almost survivors which is sad you know but very very true yeah yeah and and so when you hear songs like walk um you kind of feel like you know there's i don't know like there are times where you just get really feel the person the personal stuff come out with him when he's uh in some of his stuff but uh yeah i just dig that song a lot is really what it ultimately comes down to and you can hear it in the background in the first Thor movie as well, when he and uh, Eric Selvig are drinking after his big, uh, when they get him released from Shield Prison. Well, there you go. Yeah. Now, are you excited for their new record? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I don't know if excited is is the thing, but I'm definitely looking forward to it. I'll give. <laughs> You'll you know, listen to it. Yeah, definitely. I sure will. And I hope that I, I hope that there's some great stuff off of it. So I just I appreciate the fact they're putting out stuff, you know. That's the thing. It's like at some point you got to appreciate they're putting out new stuff and all this other mess be darned. You know, I love their little docu-series they did on HBO we've talked about in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they did an EP not long ago. I guess it, maybe it has been longer ago than I think it was, but the St. Cecilia EP they put out um, was pretty good. So, yeah, I'm into it. Digging it. Digging it. I'm into it. Digging it. Digging the yeah. foos. Yeah, digging the foos. It, I, like I say, they're just one, like, I don't listen to them all the time. And then, like, I'll stumble across an album, you know, on on the old, uh, on the old uh, shuffle play or whatever. And I'll be like, yeah, I do like these guys. That's why I have their music in my collection. They are very you, though. Like, when I hear the Foo Fighters, mm-hmm. like, when, you know, someone will play them on the radio or talk about them, I'm always like, yeah, this is a Steve band. Not in the way where I'm like, dude, you have to listen to Kaleo or The Struts or Greta Van Fleet right. because you'll love them. But just that I'm like, no, like, yeah, Steve, this just feels like Steve. I think it's their personality. I think it's a personality thing. Yeah, because they're kind of goofy. They yeah. have a good time. Yeah. Well, and look, if you can't enjoy watching Taylor Hawkins play drums, then you can't enjoy life. I love an entertaining drummer. Because he's just having a good time up there. He's always got a smile on his face. He looks like he's up to something, you know. And Dave Grohl's the same way. Like when he And he's done. And Dave Grohl's done some fun stuff with the Muppets. If you've never seen Dave Grohl do a drum off with Animal, you haven't lived. You haven't lived. Well, I haven't lived because I haven't seen it. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. I'm going to show you something. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he talked... <laughs> He talks. Uh, he's he talks smack to animal. It's 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 hilarious. Um, so what is this you've put in our Skype chat here? Well, it's not something that you have to play now. Okay. But I just need to freak out. I'm dying, and I can't wait to listen to it. Oh, is this off their new album? Yeah. Speaking of, speaking of the killers, speaking <laughs> of new albums. <laughs> oh, Ten days, that. everybody. We're in the countdown mode. Ten days. You guys remember how can't we wait. Different from rehearsal. Okay, this well, is Dave the Muppets, by the way. Oh, because if we don't rehearse, then there's nothing to do it different from. You know what? Actually, I dig that. <laughs> <laughs> so we're here to sing "Learn to Fly," which made a lot more sense when somebody was flying. Lady 
ladies and gentlemen, Dave Grohl. So he does uh, learning to fly with the electric mayhem, and then this was on that new Muppets show that was on, and um, he, uh, I think it's at the end. It was like almost credits rolling that he he did this with Animal. Here we go. I've been waiting years for this animal. Now we see who best. That's Animal playing. That's Dave. Oh, what's that? A bell? Time for school. And so they go back and forth until they just wear each other out, and it's just great. And Animal used to do this stuff on the old Muppet show with some drummers. But anyhow, we're not talking about the Muppets. We're doing best songs on it. I've gotten distracted, as you have. <laughs> Sometimes things just happen, and we freak out a little bit, That's guys. Right. That's why you love us. That's right. Um, I, I don't know if I ever told you what I did for a living, Kristen. Woo! Get ready, guys. Here we go. This is for you, Jess. There you go, MCR people. This is how you end an album, people. <laughs> oh, really? It's so good. Like, okay, so the first time I ever saw My Chemical Romance live, I was 14 years old, and I saw them at the Starland Ballroom. So three years ago. Shut up, no. <laughs> and... um before they did and this was the first band that i had seen that wasn't a bruce springsteen a bon jovi like this was a small club band and when they played this song this is the last song before the encore and you know the the end of this song is well never again never again they gave us two shots to the back of the head and we're all dead now and the crowd was going insane. And like the lyrics of this song where it's it's just like, we'll love again, we'll laugh again, we'll fly again, we'll dance again. It's better off this way. So much better off this way. I can't clean the blood off the sheets in my bed. Oh, it's so good. I mean, this, the freaking album is a concept record, guys, about a guy that makes a deal with the devil to bring back his dead girlfriend and then has to fight a thousand evil corpses. Like, 
Sounds amazing. Steve, I just, I just can't. Sounds amazing. It is! <laughs> I know you don't get the beauty and the amazingness of You're my right. chemical romance. I don't. You're right. It... And then, like, just, just the lyric of the song, like, we'll all dance along to the tune of your death. Play that at my funeral, please. Wow. That, as I was reading the lyrics along with the guy, like, I'm glad you told me what the concept album was because I'm thinking, so this guy's admitting to being a serial killer. No. <laughs> no. No. That's not what's happening here. No, My Chemical Romance is very much into the concept record. The okay. first two are very loosely concept records, and the Black Parade is a super concept record, and then the fourth one's a bit of a looser one, too. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, I can dig some people doing concept records. I appreciate that. I'm not opposed to that in any way, shape, or form. Well, and, like, with My Chemical Romance, like, they are such a band that is, like, they're so visual Mm -hmm. as a band, both in, like, their look, like, their look changed with every single album. It was very detailed, very thought out. Their music videos, everything was very purposeful. So, of course, they would be into concept records because when you write a concept record, it's like you're doing a little movie based in music. Mm -hmm. So makes total sense that they are a super heavy concept record band. Well, uh, Jess is going to love you for playing some MCR. We need more MCR love. Sometimes we get some, we get some on the Twitter as will I tell you who else will appreciate it. I believe, uh, one, uh, amen corner from out of the Cooper residence out in the high desert. Is uh, is uh, um, is it the peanut gallery, as it were? I believe <laughs> she's a she's a bit of a fan. Oh, Wendy's Wendy and Dean's daughter. Um. Well, here we go. This is it. This is going to be the closing track for not only an album, but also for uh, for this episode. I was not. I actually had this written down on the list, and I removed it because I thought, nah, we've talked about it before. And then I received Kristen's email with her picks and her sorrow over not putting this on there. And I said, well, let's just make Kristen happy because I was going to do it anyway. And it just kind of confirmed to me, let's put this on here. This is Jungle Land. I knew it. From Born to Run. Chasing her head in a barefoot girl. The 
This is, um, I mean, we've talked about it. <laughs> we've literally analyzed this song, guys. I don't know that we've analyzed. You know what? That's what, there's an idea for a show, not to do show prep while we're doing, t- doing a show, <laughs> but I wonder if we could do a show on one song where we just break it down verse to verse. Ooh, we could try. And, and like get into the musicality of it and everything. Like do some real re- do a research paper almost on a song. I'm good at research papers. I, I don't doubt it. Just saying. I don't doubt it. This song has everything. This is this is the climactic, like, send off of what is a fantastic album, by the way, Born to Run, mm-hmm. and and it's just you you do you have everything in this like it's. Everyone is featured. The whole band gets to, you know, really gets to shine. The the lyrics are there. Everything is there. And then, of course, the big solo by Clarence. It's just, it's a great, it's a great ending song. And I was going to, I actually had it on the list. And I said, you know what? We've talked about it before. And then when Kristen sent me your email, I said, it makes me so sad to leave these songs off. I'm like, I'm just going to put it on there. And we're just, <laughs> and we're just going to end, you know, if it, so that, so that Kristen won't be sad anymore because it's just so good i mean this to me like even you know bruce springsteen fandom aside like this is one of the most perfect rock songs of all time Hmm. well like it's so powerful well the journey it takes you on i mean like look Iconic, for one thing. Uh, you know, the stories of how long they worked on this and, you know, what Bruce put Clarence through to get it all just right and everything. 
Um, but as the great Jimmy Mack said, there's no telling how much Clarence was getting paid for that studio time, so I'm sure he didn't mind. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who knows? This was born to run. It's not like Bruce was rolling in the dough. That's true. That's true. This was the last the last shot record. But it does. It takes you on this whole journey, you know, and, and, and you come to this amazing solo that that really kind of is at the heart of this song as much as the lyrics and everything and then you and then you just go right back into this you're i mean chris and you said it, it it's it's almost the perfect rock song it really is this song is magic like and when like i i'm telling you like it took me 10 years to get to see this song live and when it happened like the hairs on my arms stood up mm-hmm. like and every time, like, even since Clarence has passed, like, when he played this last February in Philly, I, like, it takes you to another level. Like, it's like an out-of-body experience. Yeah. And, like, hearing those live bootlegs and just hearing the crowd and knowing that I was a part of that, like, oh, it's magic. It's mm-hmm. it's absolutely magical. I, I can't say it any better than that. Beneath the city Two hearts beat Soul engines running through A night so tender In a bedroom locked in whispers of soft refusal and then surrender in the tunnels uptown the rats on dream guns him down the shots echo down them hallways in the night no one watches and the ambulance pulls away Or as the girl shuts out the bedroom light Outside the streets on fire in a real death waltz Between what's flesh and what's fantasy that's that that's jungle land and that's the last track we're going to feature on this episode it can't be denied also Mm-mm. we got the seal of approval from the third member of rock out loud she just she just messaged me nice <laughs> well it's always good to hear from to hear from the uh the unofficial third member um what do we miss gang you can email us rockoutloudpod at gmail.com what are some albums that close out in a great way to you shoot it shoot us an email and let us hear from you you can also follow us on twitter 
where there's a lot of fun going on. Kristen's got it. Kristen's got it rocking over there on the Twitter at Rock Out Loud Pod. If you want to follow the entire Goliverse of shows, you can do so at Goliverse. Kristen is at Xboxing the Stars. And don't forget our Facebook group, which you can easily get to by going to geekoutonline.com slash group. If you want to support the shows, there's Amazon links at geekoutonline.com and geekoutpodcast.com. I prefer to use Amazon as my place to buy music these days. It's just a lot easier with all the different um, mediums uh, or all the different software I use to have to... uh, sync music up and play for the shows and everything their their music is a lot more compatible with everything and a lot easier to navigate sometimes than even itunes so uh i like to use the old amazon and you can get there by using the links at geekoutonline.com and geekoutpodcast.com there's other links other things there too we appreciate you shopping and using those it helps the shows out if you want to support the shows directly we encourage you to do so by going to patreon.com slash geekoutloud a lot of you've been asking about some of the uh big honking shows that haven't been getting posted and uh, those are actually going to become um, Patreon content. So uh, every now and again, we'll, we're not not every one of them, but but some of it's going to become Patreon content. For example, uh, there's going to be a new Patreon. You're getting two Patreon exclusive podcasts this month coming next uh, after the uh, walkthrough through Guardians of the Galaxy we did. It's going to be a big honking show from a couple of years back. With myself and Dave Jones and you. A lot of call-ins. It was a great episode, really, that took place uh, that never got published. But it's getting published now to the Patreon at patreon.com slash geekoutloud. So uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in and rocking out with us. And we hope that you'll be back for more on the next Rock Out Loud. Until then, I'm Steve. I'm Kristen. Rock on, everybody. Rock on, guys. Bye. Rocks out of the question. Sending me care up all night. Hit at the deep end. That was a fail on hitting the post this week, but I did stop at my favorite point. My favorite point? With the <laughs> with the awesome violins. So there. <laughs>